0: Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents.
1: Decoding the music industry.
0: Hi everyone. Uh, My name is Sophia. I'm the Chief Community Officer here at Beatport. Just want to firstly say a huge thank you to all of you coming here today. Um, This panel is in celebration of Black History Month. We have Misha who will be hosting from Black Lives in Music. We have Nack. Paris and Toya joining this really important discussion to share their experiences in the music industry so a big thank you to all of them and enjoy the discussion and at the end we'll also have some time for some questions as well thank you
1: everyone. Um, I am from Liverpool, so if the accent's a bit hard to understand, just tell me to slow down. Um, My name is Misha Sefia, and I'm a Black Lives of Music ambassador, and I'm so happy to be here today. I'm going to let our wonderful panellists introduce themselves and give you a bit more of an insight as to what they do. Hey,
2: everybody. uh, I'm Paris Savet. I'm a music producer, musician, DJ, radio host, and a composer and songwriter.
3: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm uh, Nick or nick Um I do very, a lot of things. Uh, I am a, hold on, DJ, producer, turntablist, sound artist, composer, radio host, radio producer, promoter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. Awesome. Um, uh, my name
3: is Lazy. Um I'm a producer, performer, um, and also originator of a genre called FRAve, which melds my language, which is Zulu, over contemporary beats, um, techno, live field bass, jungle drum and bass. Um, yeah, that's about it. I'm also a Powerpuff girl, but that's random. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Which one? Which which power pop girl? Which one? I'm Bliss. I'm the first black one. I do have voice. Oh. Uh. Oh. (laughs) Oh six, say, say.
1: That is fab. It's honestly so great to be here with you all today and I'm so excited. We had a little meeting yesterday and it was really nice to just meet everyone, get to know each other, like e meet each other before we all got to be in the same space. I'm just gonna ask you all a few questions and anybody feel free to answer any question that comes up. The first thing that we're gonna dip into is the tips and tricks that you can give our younger generation to just help them get the foot in the door because obviously the music industry is so big. And not everybody knows about the different ways to get into it. So just wondered if any of you could give us a better insight into that.
0: Um, I'd say, okay. I'd say if like for making music, um, make whatever you want. It doesn't have to be so prescriptive. And then from there, people will find you, especially with social media being as crazy as it is. People will kind of find you from a radio play or whatever it is and keep up with what you're doing. There's also like volunteering at events or like looking at what funding is available, like PRS or um, you could put on a night. A lot of places are very open to people putting on stuff. There's organizations like Tomorrow's Warriors and like MOBO do stuff. Like there's lots of places and pockets of um, collectives and funding and stuff where you can just DM or send an email, just be like, how can I get involved? And almost always somebody will get back to you saying, this is how you get involved or sign up to this or come to a talk like this. So it's easier than people might think to get some kind of a foot in the door, I'd say.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: (laughs) So I definitely say the one thing that I love about today is that education for music and production is everywhere so you know I come up from a time where I had one music teacher and I just had to study you know just the same school as everybody else you know it was so hard to then get my foot in the door from there so I had to work for so many years as a session musician as a songwriter now I think there is so much on YouTube there's so many different companies that are prepared to teach you so I'd say just focus on being the best you can and that will happen for you I think that's the best way I think for anybody to understand their trade whatever they want to do just you know music is you it's all subjective so what could be good to one person is not very good to somebody else and that doesn't matter so I'd say just focus on what you love and be so authentic with that practice that practice that practice that until you're ready to take it to the world and it's going to happen regardless and I think that's That's what I'd say. Just keep going. Be as educated as you can. Education is now free in music, so there is no reason not to understand what harmony is, understand what beats are. You can do it. Anybody can do it now.
3: Yeah, that's great. Um, And just coming off what you've said, um, I think for me, um, it's just about being authentic as well. So I'd say just come as you are. be true to whatever you want to do and um, find a space in your local vicinity that you can contribute to. Um, I did a lot of pubs when I first came here, a lot of pubs. And um, it's a bit of a climb, but as you say, there's more ways now you can just hit people up and say, this is what you want to do. So, um, yeah, I just think authenticity is the most important because that's what separates you from the rest and, yeah, I always think like we're all so unique. As many as we are, we each have like different DNAs and, and I think it's the same for ideas. So never think any idea is stupid. If you want to mix it up and do something people haven't seen before, they'll get used to it. They'll, they'll move with it if you stick with it. Um, that's what I could add for mine.
1: Yeah. I think it's like having the idea that the world is ever changing and the music scene is just absolutely massive. So obviously it's amazing to hear from you guys on like how you can actually start getting into it. Because like I'm very early in music at the minute and I'm always like messaging my mates like, how do you do this? Or what do you do this? Like it can actually seem so scary. And this leads on to my next question. We spoke a bit about it yesterday and I just thought it was really interesting how you were talking about how you all found your sound and that you don't feel like as if you are pigeonholed to one thing. So just wondered if we could talk a bit more about that.
3: Um, I started off in South Africa as a pop star. This is just how it happened. Um, Everyone fell in love with this. "Lovers in the air, very poppy. And yeah, I broke through Africa, basically and when i wanted to change because i wanted i was growing i was not just this kid that was figuring out I, I was growing i was queer there was more to my story that i wanted to share um and that was actually difficult but this is being south african i don't know you guys will share from your own experiences but being in south africa at the time it was actually quite um dangerous to to come out or tell your stories i wasn't allowed to share that i had a girlfriend like it was really really suppressive um so yeah before I get long-winded uh so i had to leave that um and i decided to come to the uk and i know it sounds crazy why would you leave south africa but mentally i just loved where everyone's head was i loved the fact that there was a melting pot Um, And I thought, what can I contribute to the space already? I mean, I can speak English, but I'm not English. I'm a Zulu woman. Um, And I wanted to find a way where these worlds collide. And I I had something to share. And that's what led me to Afro Rave. Um, And also, I found similarity in Rave and Zulu in because we also play with a lot of drums. And sometimes, I mean, we use drums for rituals, celebrations. There's a lot of singing and a lot of, a lot of things. So lots of expression in my culture. Um, So I just resonated with Rave when I got here. I mean, of course, this was crazy, guys like partying till like seven in the morning. I'd never seen that before. And the music and the pace of it. And it just felt like a space where I could express and, um, I fell in love with it and that's how FRAWave came to being. Um, Yeah, just the journey of discovering myself and being true to my experience and sharing.
2: For me, it was the, you know, as I said, I went to school. I was just like a normal school. Uh, I just learned to play the keyboard from the age of five, a saxophone and guitar. And at school, I was taught nothing but classical music. At home, I had jazz funk, reggae, and Cuban jazz, obviously being Cuban Jamaican, that's all I had. So a brain that picks Debussy all day and goes home to jazz funk, who loves dance music. What does that create? So, um, but one thing I found that that a lot of people, even when I was young, said to me, "Your sound is a little bit unique." And so I found a lot of doors that wouldn't open for me necessarily, but those who could see the beauty in the sound. <laughs> Just as an example, so. Uh, one one way I got my foot in the door was that I was bootlegging a lot of jazz records, so turning them into house records, you know, 18-year-old. And I actually leave the album up there, so it's called Electric Electronic Seduction Part One. And it was when I was 17, 18, all the productions I made. So they sound awful. But it's the reality of like, that's where I came from. And that was my sound at that point. Because I think it's really important for people to see that progression. When they hear my music today, when they see the tech stuff that I do now, they're like, wow, that's the same producer. And it's opening how far this skill set can go. So uh, the people, when I was trying to get into house spaces, I actually got into Grammy and Billboard spaces quicker than I did house music spaces. So that gave me such a kick to the career. So it's like, you. I skipped the house music market, went straight to the Grammy market and came back into the house music market again. So it put me in position of being, you know, major producer for big international house artists. And again, my sound evolved again. So I had an album in 2018 that did very well. Again, my sounds evolved because I'm always pushing that marker of, oh, actually, I love that sound. How can I incorporate that in my sound? Another song comes out here at John Summit record and here's me as a jazz house producer. Like, I love the way he did that next. And you pull them in and and it's just forever evolving and I don't stop listening to music. So I think that's definitely one way to always keep the sound growing and the amount of people, you know, people that have always followed my music, they they know what to expect. It's going to be very musical, but they don't know what drums are going to be underneath. But from a production point of view, it's luckily had me enough to be able to do multiple genres. So I get to do R&B music. I get to work for Soul Legends, House Legends, and it's just fantastic. So I just definitely say, be, again, it's that thing authentic into your sound. Keep pushing it and if you like a sound try it see how it sounds and you know someone said to me well your techno sound still sounds like you i'm like great <laughs> and i love it and you know i'm proud to do that so i just definitely just keep pushing the musical boundary all the time yeah. and, and i'm proud of that you know there's there's it's left me having 200 records to my name so it's wonderful clap. so yes, <laughs> thank you for that.
0: yeah. thank you for that
2: so you know it it may not be the exposure that you know people with a lesser discography have but it's authentically my productions and there are so many wonderful artists who now come to me and say oh i want a paris of production and that's for their album that's for my album so i'm working on my second album now and again as now paris after dark as well i'm pushing up a completely different sound because i can
0: so yeah um I beg you, please hook me up with the things when they come out because I'll play it on my show. And I'll play it about... Definitely. Same, same with you Toy as <laughs> yeah. well. Please, please, please. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, I grew up with a sound system in my house or in my flat. And um, so there was what would have been my bedroom or like the spare bedroom in the flat was the music room. So there was a sound system and a stupid amount of my mum's records, um, bare CDs everywhere, all just... Uh, you know, a sub as tall as me, and I'm I am short, but still, like I could hide in there if I wanted to. Um, so, kind of similar to, to to you, Paris, where it was, you know, you come home and there's 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 dub, there's a, a stupid amount of Peter Tosh, there's a stupid amount of Lee Scratch Perry, and then you go into school and it's like Jamiroquai, <laughs> 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 and that's not a diss on Jamiroquai because guy is sick, but like there was just a, a real like. It could, yeah, you could be um, learning the Indiana Jones theme, and then playing a bit of Debussy, and then you're listening to Supersonic, and then Basement Jacks and then you come home to like Herbie Hancock. It's like absolutely okay. So, so I was a sponge from from like very early on, um, and then like I'm a big nerd as well. So there was a lot of video games that let you be able to. Make music on. There was a P- PlayStation One game called Music Two Thousand. I would nerd out hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This game is yeah. So I would nerd out. I would nerd out on that after school. Like yeah. And then um, <laughs> there was a there was a promotion. I'm trying to say this very quickly. There was a promotion in cereal boxes where you could get different colored CD ROMs. And each, each color meant it did a different thing. So blue was like a DJ one. Red was like a VJ one with lots of skateboarding clips and hip hop. Green was a hip hop specific one and yellow was a dance one. And my family went nuts and got every single color because <laughs> they were like, Nick loves this. Get, all of, get the Rice Krispies. Get all <laughs> of it. So, yeah, so then it was like, okay, cool. Finish school. And then I could do one of those CD-ROMs or go on Music 2000 eventually school got fruity loops and it was like, okay, cool. There's that. Sponge, sponge, sponge. Um, and doing extracurricular activities and summer school bits and pieces here and there. And then I initially as a producer, I started off making hip hop. Um, like I really fell like hard into a lot of Diller's productions and Ninth Wonder and stuff. Nice. So and a lot of trip hop as well. So I was really like making that for a then for a a chunk of time, then I was in college, then I was introduced to Burial and I became obsessed again. So, <laughs> so I started making stuff like Burial and was like, Ha, I made it like Burial. <laughs> um, just messing about while still playing Music 2000, while still messing about on the CD ROMs. And it all just kind of just built from there. And for a good chunk of time, I'd say maybe up until halfway through my undergrad give or take. Um, I was mainly known as a hip hop producer. And it got to a point where people were asking me, when's the next beat tape? When's the next beat tape? And I'm like, I don't know, because I don't want to make a beat tape. I just, I don't know what the next thing is. And I like not knowing what the next thing is. So I kind of took a break from producing. uh, And around that time was when my DJ career kind of took off. And then in 2016, I moved to Leeds to do my master's. And I found myself being introduced to kind of at the same time, but also not introduced to uh, people like John Cage and Pierre Schafer. Uh, there's another turntablist called Shiva Feshareki. Um, there's lots of really experimental, weird stuff. <laughs> and some kind of switch went on in my head of like, that's the thing. That's the thing right now. So... I then found myself recording sounds, you know, just walking around with a with a microphone or recording stuff on my phone, taking that home, loading it into Logic or Serato and messing about with it on turntables. And I felt like this is way more expressive for me than making those beats that I've made previously enabled me to be, if that makes sense. Like I've, I could be more myself in this kind of a way now. So... That was really interesting, but then also people were like, "When's the next beat tape? Yo, you don't made a beat tape in ages." It's like, yeah, um, the more you ask me, the less likely I am to make one because it's not it's not for me anymore. It's for you. I want to make it for me and you, not just you, because it feels weird. <laughs> so, um, so that was the whole thing at the time, and then uh, basically my first album. Bashi kind of came out of me realizing, no, I could actually just put together some warped sounds and put it out. And, you know, that's a, that's a project. That's an album. And those sounds were made up of sounds I recorded in Turkey. And I just messed about with turntables um, at a time when my mental health wasn't great. So it was like, well, that's a story there. And since then, people have liked, people still, in fact, are like, oh, I listened to Bashi. That was great. Or other projects that I've done since then. And it's like, well, thank you. And it's very ambient and weird. And it's, that's a part of me as well. That's not to say that I won't ever go back into making beat based stuff, whether it's hip hop or whether it's something else entirely. It's just that right now my ideas come out like this and that's fine. And you mentioned pigeonholing, having to say to people like, I am a DJ or I am a producer. I'm not a insert genre here, DJ or, producer I can make a variety of things like I've done remixes for people sometimes it's jungle sometimes it's like some next level ambient thing it's like I don't know I'm a sponge (laughs) the ideas will come out how they come out and that's a part of the fun that keeps me guessing and it's just nice to be able to shift and change where I'm at without having to feel like oh but you know me for this so I should just be this it's like yeah but i would do that too yeah so
1: i think there's a really thin line when it comes to music and the consumption of music and am i making music for myself or am i making music for the other people that are going to digest it but at the end of the day like the the music world is huge and i think if people aren't allowing themselves to be open to consume as much knowledge and as much newness as they can it's like why are you bothering to listen to it do you get know what I mean and if you don't like something then there's the next thing that you can go and try I was going to ask a different question like leading on from the questions that you spoke about but I feel like I need to ask this question because I think it can inspire other people when you hear about other people's inspirations that felt like it was going to be more of a tongue twister but it wasn't it was all right coming out so smashed it smashed it thank you thank you (laughs) so I'm gonna ask what are your inspirations what inspires you whether that be people places feelings for me
2: the biggest thing I'd say is my son at this point you know I'm blessed to be a mummy in music Um, it was hilarious because I was actually told I can't have children and his No, dad, who said that? Yeah, the doctor, actually. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go fight him yeah. afterwards, okay. <laughs> and his, ironically enough, I ended up producing uh, his father and I produced a son for him. <laughs> and uh, we, we were obviously together for a long time and, you know, he's an amazing artist. I never understood what magic it is, let alone creating music all the time, but creating it as a mother in the business. And I always joke, I say, any mother's actually at home take up music production because it's the best job you can have while looking after your child like tell everybody you know I'm at home all day I can attend every parent's evening I am I can cook all dinner because I'm most creative at night time ironically enough but um, and also the people actually keep me going it's quite funny actually because you know you were saying that you know it's a combination of the two but I took a little hiatus in 2018 after the album came out you know just the, the stress of the business and the amount of messages all the time like um, when's the next one and I'm like, I don't know yet. And they're like, when's the next one? And I'm like, I can tell you. And it's like, wow, these people are actually from from all over, all over the planet going to me, actually, I want your music. And I, what, what am I learning to do it for? What do I do it for? As much as it is for me, it's for them too. And it, and it works the same with my radio show. I have a lovely fan in the middle of Peru And he goes out his way. He's like, you've slowed down the show. I'm waiting for this week's instalment. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how dare I? (laughs) Like, how dare I deny him of his radio show this week? Because it's not mine at this point. So, you know, there's people who are always wanting to be heard. And I've got this, you know, lovely amount of organic, authentic people who want to hear the music. And I actually detach myself from a radio station because I couldn't give the demand that my fans were looking for. They're like, you know you know that time back in the day when you used to do jazz and house music? How can you DJ both at the same time? And I was like, well, on this station, I have to do just house music. That's that's all they allow me to do. They're like, oh, that makes me sad. And I got so many messages that they didn't get both sides of my music creation process. I'm like, I'm going to have to make an executive decision for the people that support who I am. And, you know, they love my connections to the non-house side and they love the second hour being house music. So I created a whole brand based on the people and the people that inspire me to do music. So luxury listening. And I say, without the first hour, you wouldn't get the second. And it's a luxury to have you with me and for us to listen together. So that's my inspiration all the time.
0: Um, My inspiration, I guess the the easiest answer would be to say my mum. Uh, she installed a lot of the sponginess of like all the different genres that I listen to, both at home and just being like, "Yeah, no, go do that, go do that." Or I found the I found the CD ROM or whatever. Like you know, I found the thing. Go, that's that's what you want to do. Go and do it. So I'd say like, you know, if whenever I'm able to tell my mum like, oh, "I've done this today" or "I've done this this week," um, and she smiles, I'm like, "Yes," because um, yeah, she's. She's in, incredible. I'd say, like on a personal level, I'd say that that it would be mum. On a more professional level, um, there's other like there's 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 other artists and, and for me, and specifically like turntableists who do their own thing. Like they're using this equipment, this this piece of tech that everyone is aware of in some way, shape, or form, but they all use it uniquely, and I really love that. And that inspires me to continue using it my way. There's been the odd troll that's like, um, you should put a sticker on it, because then you could like juggle the vinyl better and blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, cool, thanks for that unsolicited bit of advice. <laughs> Safe. Yeah. For the people listening, I'm have I have a sarcastic facial expression. Um, <laughs> but it's like like if I was a guy, would you have said that? <laughs> but you know, there's other there's other uh, female trans non-binary turntablists like Shiva, for example, who's done stuff at like the BBC proms and like stuff in like, oh God, Norway and all over the world with turntables, with orchestras and all like surround sound stuff. And it's really like, that's her craft. She's unapologetically her. And I was really lucky once to do a residency. It was me and 14 other uh, female trans non-binary artists no matter what genre of music you make you're an artist uh we all came together for a week in Leeds um at Elcom funnily enough and um she was leading it and mates of mine were like you need to do this like you're you're a turntablist she's a turntablist you lot need to link up because this is this is too perfect so I was like okay I'll apply I got onto it and we had a conversation on turntables and when I tell you the way that I think, I guess I had imposter syndrome and I didn't realize, but the way that that conversation led to me just going, no, I am a turntablist. Yeah, we're having a conversation. Like, like, this is great. So she's a big inspiration too. And I guess the non kind of human inspiration would come from places and, uh, you know, we're all complicated plants. So sunlight... Um, (laughs) and like just feeling enriched within myself, um, also helps to feed other aspects of my life where I need to be creative, whether it's creating music specifically or just hunting for tunes to put together for a show, whether that's on radio or as a DJ or whatever, it all feeds into each other. Um, it could be films. It could be, uh, I don't know, a really nice meal at a restaurant that you never thought you'd get into just like raw yo that sounds like a chord progression Yo, like it could it could be all sorts of things yeah and also seeing because I mean in front of me now there's a there's a magazine with Sherelle on the cover that's another person that inspires me it's just there's there's pockets I'm a big old sponge (laughs) so there's pockets of inspiration that I find whether it's people or places but uh, yeah sunlight is a big one as well and heat because yeah this great island man I can't do it See, <laughs> so, yeah lots of places
3: yeah um so I'm inspired by how I feel um I got into music um at the age of nine um so when you're talking about Claude Debussy, Claire de is my favorite tune yes I yeah, love that song banger. <laughs> it is a banger um so started off with that and when I say it's about how it makes me feel, I just stuck with it because it made me feel good. It felt like a space of expression when making music or playing the keys. It was just that one thing I could do, which wasn't manipulated by any institution or policed to go in a certain way. And I've used music to deal with um, loss because... Um, I guess it's just my path. I've experienced loss from a very young age, um, losing parents, and and when those things happened to me, um, I'm so glad I found music because it just I found a way to express how I was feeling, and I couldn't have told anybody else. So I stuck with it, um, and then I stuck with it even more when I realized I could do something that makes me feel so good and I could get paid. I mean, so I I really stuck with it then because I, I couldn't do an office job. I just had to accept that I mean, and there's nothing wrong with office jobs. I salute everyone I can. Just my concentration span is just, I don't know. It, it's just never worked out. We spoke about this. Um, um, then, yeah, so inspiration comes from feelings. Um, that's where I get my lyrics, experiences, um, and also just pushing the envelope because often people have tried in so many ways. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm black, I don't know, black women. But, like, there's always been this expectancy of I needed to be a certain way, whether it's royalty, whether it's religion, whether it's politics. And I come from all these really heavy institutions. So I definitely, I'm not surprised that I became a raving Zulu mother of rave after (laughs) after all that stuff. Um, and it's all about expression because, yeah, um, there's something about speaking or whether it's a sound that communicates a certain feeling that is very liberating. Um, and yeah, I think that's what it's. It just it just gave me the freedom. Music's given me the freedom. People, sunshine, sunshine does it. I think where I'm from as well um, being a Zulu, uh, the languages that I speak just, it's rare, you know, um, also because the languages are dying. Um, we go to school, we educated in English, um, somehow measure of success is somehow dependent on, um, the more you are English, the less you can be yourself. Um, So I wanted to find a world that allows me to be a Zulu woman, queer and all and present. And I found that in rave and music and something creative. So, yeah, that's my inspiration. I can get up and just be me, my way every day.
1: Literally one of my favorite questions, because every time I step into a room, into one of these panels and meet people like you guys, I'm just like... Yes. Like, I can't even explain it. And like, I'm so happy that like things like this happen and we can have these conversations and you all express that you can live as yourselves and enjoy what you do. I think we've only got about 15 minutes left. So I'm going to ask one more question, which is actually crazy because when I was making the questions and I was like, yeah, I'll do like 15 questions. And they were like, no, you're not going to have time. I was like, I will, I won't. So I'm just going to ask because obviously you're all amazing and I think that you should shout about it. And I want you to because I just want to know more. I'm like, can we not just sit here all night? Will that not just do for everyone? So what is your biggest achievement?
0: Okay, uh... I am the first black turntablist to win an Aurum Award. Sit. Excellent. It's an Aurum. What's an Aurum Award? For the recording, I'm pretending to bow while being seated. Um, so an Oram, the Aurum Awards, um, there's an award basically that um, goes out to five female trans non-binary peoples um, working in electronic music, uh, doing, just doing what they're doing. And uh, I I was one of the winners in 2020 and um, which I'm still like, wait, that happened. What? Okay. Uh, and when I said about, you know, making my mom smile and going, yes, that was a big like, yes, go on my youth! hey, That was a big, that was a big like air horn, air horn moment. Um, so, um, yeah. And I've been like shortlisted for a couple of other things as well, which is always like nice. So, yeah, I'd say that's that's a that's a big one yeah for
2: me i would say um being the very first black woman to get listed in the top 100 producers of the year
0: (laughs) 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 yeah
2: i came at number 19 yeah so i was like well what do you know (laughs) go (laughs) go me (laughs) you know it was it 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 was a a beautiful achievement and uh had a number one album and the album was number one for five weeks so Yay! in this in this day and age it was like uh, the arts council said that we love to fund your album as a innovation project because there are so few female producers mixing cl- you know classic jazz music with dance music and of course no one realized the magnitude that was going to have at the time so um because I didn't have a team. I don't have a team as of yet. So I produced videos for every record. And again, this is where I'm going to shout out my mum and dad at the back. (laughs) Um, Through this whole process in the 19 years I've been producing music since I was five, like all my life, they've really said, you know, you can do this, right? And I'd be like, oh, I can't do. it, I don't have this team, and I don't have that team. I'm the most anxious character ever. So, they're like, um, you know that computer you don't leave, use it. And you know, so my dad was really technical, and my mum's the kind of, um, no, I think you can. Yes, you can. Yes. So we've got Mr. Technical Brain and Miss Pusher. Uh, she is. She, I think she could give Chris Kardashian a run for her money, to be honest with you. But uh, it's it's to to realise the hack of being able to produce your own music videos, release your own records. And that literally pushed each record. So from, so it was 2018, this time, I actually realised, obviously getting ready for my next album to come out in February, I was I released my very first video last week for the first album. And whatever it was, I was so on what these records would be because obviously to get that grant from the Arts Council, I didn't put a penny in my pocket. I just put it because... I knew that the years I'd put into the industry, I had one hell of a phone book because you know everyone needs a session musician, everyone needs a good remixer, everyone needs a really good producer. So thank God I had that on my side, which then had me working with you know Omar Layfouk, uh, Lee John, um, Grammy Award-winning artists in America. So by the time it came to my album, I was like, hey, I've got a budget. Uh, can we do it? And so now the thing is, what does she do next? If the first one comes out five weeks at number one, what does album number two look like? So that is that is going to gonna gonna hopefully top the first one. Yeah. But that was one hell of achievement. I think there might be one more. Um, yeah, actually looking at hopefully a Grammy nomination next year too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And for dance music, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so i yeah. will put it out to the universe. Hopefully that is a reality. So yeah.
1: Amazing. Yes.
3: Wow, (laughs) that's insane, guys. Um, Well, I've done quite a few things from South Africa till here. Um, I've been nominated at the BETs before, Best African Act. Yeah, um, thank you. Thanks, guys, and one Best Pop, Best Newcomer. But I think I want to focus on the fact that after leaving a label... Um, and deciding to crazily do my own thing in spite of all the, all the barriers that that were already in the way. Um, I'm really proud of myself for, for trusting the journey, trusting the vision, um, leaving home, everything I knew coming to the UK, um, creating a a genre, um, uh, (laughs) And finding a way to communicate with with other people, you know, through music, uh, I think that was big for me because it's it's really hard being indie. And when you come from the lofty sponginess of being signed and everyone doing everything for you, it's quite cold on the independent side. But um, I love that I've learned so many things which are important um, if you want to run your own label. So learning... Right now I'm learning my marketing and stuff like that, online marketing, because, oh, my God, TikTok's not leaving us alone, man. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's that. Um, my EP, Sheesh, got nominated um, at this year's Music Production Awards uh, yeah. Yeah. as Best Newcomer. Yeah, um, Yeah. there's a lot of things that, that have happened. I just can't think of them right now. I'm just happy to be here doing what I love, really. Thank you.
1: Honestly, my cheeks are sore. I've been sat here like this the whole time. Honestly, you're all amazing. And I'm so grateful to have been able to have have had this conversation. And I'm so happy that conversations like this are happening and are going to continue to happen, not just in Black History Month. I think that everybody deserves to be celebrated all the time. And yeah I'm just so happy I'm fully aware that there's so many other questions that I could have asked that I wanted to ask but I'm going to open up the questions to our audience now and ask if anybody has anything that they'd like to say so I just want to say your stories are really inspirational Um, and for those people just like getting into it um, have you got any other advice on like um, resources initiatives that they might find useful I know you mentioned a couple I think yeah it'd be great to just focus on them so people can take action
2: so of course we've got um, I definitely say there is so much education with you know loop cloud. Um now you've got producer tech, which is a website. You've got uh, gosh, I can't even think of them all. The sounds.com There are so many different portals to to learn education that it to, sorry to learn education, to learn music education, it's just endless. So um I think there's even if you look on the Bport website, there is we've got links into uh, as I said, Loopcloud.com. Uh, there's also a DJ training school on there. It's really really good. So there is just so much on the internet for you to check out and see. And also, I'd say teach yourself on every uh, door digital audio workface workstation. So Ableton, Logic, Cubase, Pro Tools, Fruity Loops, learn them all because. The more you can collaborate, the more accessible you make your education, the more people you can... You know, it's really discography for me, I feel, is everything. So if you can build your discography, you can work with as many people as possible. There's no reason for you not to, you know... We all could make a tune together. Doesn't matter what software we oh, work gonna, on. You know that. Please, we're, going, know, to. Please. we're yeah, going to. Yeah, the smile's know. back. My and, cheeks and are. That, <laughs> I think that. You're is, jumping on as well, Michelle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like you're jumping on it too.
2: Yeah, let's go. Let's go. You know that is what. That's what I'd say. Look into. Just make sure you know every workstation. There is free information for Ableton. There's free information for Cubase, Pro Tools, Fruity Loops. What else is there? Logic. Learn them all. And then master Cubase. them all. Cubase. Yeah, Cubase is my one. That's my baby. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'd say. Just learn them all. And study your music. Listen to music all the time. You know, from, I think, you know, we were just talking about how we never plan a DJ set. But I think you can never have enough tools in your arsenal. So always have the, you know, the best songs you can find. So that's one thing that I'm a real big music buy. Even though I get sent so much music, I love to go, actually... I I find my resources quicker going, yep, yeah, just scanning all the time, just finding finding that sound. So then I've constantly got that new energy I'm putting out in my DJ set. So then there's it's never a surprise,
0: you're always ready. Um there is a so I'm based in I'm based in Leeds, though I am a Londoner, like through and through, but I'm based in Leeds. And there's an organization there called Music Local. Um, where they basically will list like all of the up and coming like funding pots and the deadlines and what you would need to do. They also post like music jobs as well that are going out. Um, And they have an initiative called Launchpad, which you apply whether you want to be a music manager or a promoter or your producer or whatever you apply. And if you get onto it, they can support you with whatever it is that you want to do. Um, So there's initiatives like that, even though, yes, that's Leeds-based and kind of looking after Yorkshire to, to the most part. There's nothing wrong with somebody being, like, from London or wherever shouting them and just being like, could I just uh, have a quick chat about this particular thing? And similarly, you know, there are there are um, organisations and collectives that are doing things in London, in just the south of England in general, that people could tap into as well. Um, obviously, there's PRS funding, uh, there's Help Musicians, there's like sound sound and music there is uh there's sound generator there is arts council funding which you mentioned congrats by the way um there's there's lots of places um collectives if you play instruments or if you just want to kind of just get involved with somebody there's like jazz refreshed there is tomorrow's warriors um there's just there's loads and like like i say you know there's no harm in just shooting somebody a DM being like, how can I do this? Or can I volunteer at an event or something? <clears throat> it's very easy to just do that now. Um, and in most cases it's like, yeah, sure, or send us an email instead because we don't answer DMs like, okay, cool. And then you just send an email instead. So it's it's very easy to do. Um and yeah, the education part, like, you know, I'm I'm neurodivergent. So like notation and things, it's like I the everything is moving, I don't understand. But there's other sources like YouTube or whatever that you can at least take a bit of inspiration from and kind of go, okay, how can I apply that to how I want to express myself musically and do that? And yeah, that's a whole other conversation, neurodivergence in music. (laughs) But there's a lot of resources basically.
2: Um, Can I just also add actually as well, there's, you know, to your point of... Um, opportunities check out Label Radar too because I really came up so I actually won a Robert Glasper remix uh, competition back in the day and again Bloomin' Remixes Remix competitions are everything and yeah. even now at the amount of tunes I have I'm always on Label Radar like I blo- bloomin' love it I do it under a different name I'm like yes let's go, let's go. I just love it because it's just I love doing it like why not try and get a set of Tomorrowland I want a set at Tomorrowland <laughs> so yeah do check that out too
3: i think you guys nailed it i honestly am like blank right now real talk but i'd say okay one thing go if you're going to a lot of venues and you see somebody that you dig if they're not really if they're okay with meeting people just go up to them as well i did a lot of that um yeah i did (laughs) i did a lot of that i would try even jump on sets, you know. And you think like you can like rap and stuff, but <laughs> and you're waved. But yeah, people people have been really kind. So just jumping onto sets, I mean, not jumping onto sets, meeting people after their sets and talking to them. That's what I found worked a lot.
1: Thank you so much to you all. Can we get a round, some, a round of applause for our amazing yes. panelists? Yes.
0: Sport presents presents Beatport
3: presents Beatport presents decoding the music industry